Welcome back to the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Erdman. I'm a certified dog trainer and behavior consultant, and I own bravodog.ca. Today, we're going to be talking about dog parks. Are they safe or are they scary? If you ask anyone who has a dog whether or not they go to the dog park, it could vary in their response. Some people say, no way. Other people say, yeah, we go every day. So there's a vast difference between how some people feel versus others. And that comes down to their experiences when they have gone. So either people have negative experiences or they have positive experiences. And that can come down to several factors, which we'll talk about today. So those that have attended dog parks with their dogs have either had positive experiences, and in those cases they typically keep going, or they've had negative experiences and they avoid them completely. So negative experiences could range between uh, your dog being attacked and possibly traumatized to you having a confrontation with a, a human there. Or maybe the humans aren't even paying attention and that was a turn off. Or you witnessed something negative happen to another dog. It also could come down to the type of park that it is and how much space there is, which the smaller parks that are fenced in, oftentimes those ones are prone to having too many dogs in them and the potential for fights and uh, mishaps are going to be much greater. Those of you that attend dog parks regularly and enjoy them, you probably have a dog that is suitable for dog parks, meaning they uh, tend to get along with most dogs or avoid altercations with other dogs. And don't forget the humans because some dogs are fearful of strangers or certain strangers. So you're likely having a positive experience if your dog doesn't have any fear issues or reactivity. You may not attend dog parks because you know that your dog doesn't enjoy them. And that is huge. We all need to take a look at our dogs individually and the environments that we take them into and consider, are they actually having a good time or is it me wanting them to have a good time? I work with clients and sometimes they're upset that their dog is not a quote unquote dog park dog, meaning they can't take them to a dog park and they just have a great time. I probably run into fewer dog park dogs um, than most because my line of work is reactivity and uh, behavior issues. So we're working with dogs that probably aren't going to get along with all dogs or have some fear issues, that type of thing. So I think it's super important for us to be aware of whether or not the environment is suitable for our dog because nobody's going to have a good time if we go in there and try and force something that just doesn't fit. It's not fair to the dog. It's not fair to the other dogs in that environment or their people because it can become quite stressful. This brings me back to a trip to a, I guess you would call it a park, but there's actually a lake 
um, and you walk around the lake and it's off leash. There are a couple of sort of areas where people congregate and the dogs are playing for the most part. And I came across uh, a dog that was clearly not having a good time to me. The body language was some um, tail tucking, but then actually approaching, bearing teeth. And then it looked like there might be a little bit of, and this is where I think where the owners were going wrong, was that it looked like the dog was playing because he was engaging with the other dog. And the other dog was showing lots of play behaviors. But to my trained eye, this dog was clearly not having a good time. Uh, And I felt really, really bad for it. I looked over to the owners who both had a cup of coffee, were laughing and talking to each other. And they were watching the dogs, but still laughing and thinking nothing of it. It was, to me, a clear case of not being educated on body language and perhaps the thought that exposing that dog to that environment would yield some changes for them and their dog. I did happen to ask them um, if that was their dog. It, 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 because they were so focused on each other at the moment, they weren't even paying attention. It took a bit to even get their attention so I could ask them that question, is that your dog? Um, and they did say, yes, that's our dog, completely clueless. I just I thought maybe if I asked if that was their dog and they sort of saw what was going on, that they'd clue in that, hey, <laughs> your dog's not having a good time here and is kind of being bullied by, by two dogs and they just didn't get it. So <sighs> dog parks aren't the best place to educate people, which we'll touch on a little bit later. Uh, I, I ended up walking away. Um the that environment definitely was not set up for that dog to succeed and probably wasn't the best time to be taking him or her there. I tend to prefer the larger parks where people are moving, they're walking, uh, maybe they're trail areas or like I just mentioned, you're walking around a lake or something and you're moving. So you're not congregating. I don't, I guess... In my experience, what I've seen is these large dog pit type areas. There's just too many dogs and too much going on and nobody seems to be paying super attention to what's happening. Um, and I guess I shouldn't generalize everybody, but I, you know, I've seen some pretty bad things going on when dogs have been congregating together. The addition of toys, um, sticks, which you can't completely avoid because you're in nature, um, And again, people aren't maybe educated in dog body language and behavior and aren't paying attention or maybe don't care. So I think that those are hot zones in dog parks. Um, And I'd be looking for parks where you can, again, keep the dogs moving. You can stop periodically if it's a match for them to play. You're allowing that, et cetera. I think the challenge for those people that live in cities is that you may not have access to larger um, dog parks like that. And so maybe you, you've got a fenced in sort of pit area. Um, and again, I would question, is that the right environment for your dog, um, and times of day? So it can definitely be quieter at different times of the day with fewer dogs. And we'll discuss how to determine whether or not you should go in or just say, nope, I'm going to pass today. 
If you're not sure about what to look for when deciding if you should go in or out of a dog or avoid a dog park, it really helps to understand body language. I can't emphasize that enough that all dog owners really need to take a course on dog body language so that they understand what is it that our dogs are saying. You can tell a lot by peeking into a dog park and watching some dogs play, whether or not they're what we call pro-social um, dogs, meaning, you know, they're, they're playing appropriately with each other. They don't have any reactivity issues or challenges. Um, I also really f- stress to people, look at the people that are in that park. Are they busy on their phone? Are they just drinking coffee? Are they socializing with each other and not close to their dogs? Are they sitting on a bench reading a book? Uh, those are all signs to me that if something goes wrong, nobody's going to be stepping in. Um, some people have the attitude that the dogs should just be left to work things out on their own and I actually have the opposite opinion about that, which is that dogs should always be, um, we should be refereeing if we need to and ready to step in. And we can prevent a lot of issues from starting if we recognize subtle body language cues that precede arguments. You know, I see them all the time and, and think, oh gosh, if you just would have interrupted that then and, you know, moved away and gone on to the next um, dog and given some space, that would have been completely avoided. But um, not everybody, like I said, is well-versed in body language. So as mentioned, I don't think that letting the dogs work it out is a good approach. I think we all need to work together uh, and recognize, hey, this is looks like it's leading into something not so great, or my dog needs a break, or, oh, that guy's coming in with uh, a chuck it, and I know that my dog does not like um, when other dogs have toys, or he steals those balls, etc., So we all need to be paying attention. So before you enter that park, take a look at the people, take a look at the dogs. Are they playing appropriately? Can we even recognize that? What does the body language look like? Um, So those are all key things to look for before entering one of those dog parks. I've also been warning people about looking at the dogs that are in parks and what kind of equipment they're wearing. Why does that matter? Well, what we know is that shock collars and electronic devices around dogs' necks that that cause pain can result in increased aggression. So if I see a dog in a dog park that comes in with a shock collar on slash e-collar, I'm out of there. Um, even prong collars, because that, that tells me that the owner has been using really not so great methods with their dog. And there's usually a reason. Um, so there may be some, uh, anxiety. There could be some fear and aggression there. And I don't want my dog playing with another dog. And then maybe the owner accidentally hits the button, shocks their dog, and then they lash out on to my dog. So those types of equipment shouldn't be in dog parks in my, my opinion, um, I'm also wary of, and in this would come down to the individual dog and, and who's with them, but putting a dog into a densely populated dog park with a muzzle on um, 
Now, here's the thing is that that muzzle, you'd have to talk to the owner and say, hey, does your dog wear a basket muzzle because they or ask them why do they wear a basket muzzle? Because if their dog eats sticks, then okay, that, you know, their dog would likely be, that's, that's the issue. It's not because they are reactive. Um, I don't think dogs should be put into dog parks or to socialize with other dogs if they are highly reactive and we know that they have not, they're uncomfortable and that's why they're wearing a basket muzzle. When I work with clients that maybe one out of a hundred dogs they might react to and we don't know what the trigger is, we use basket muzzles and condition them properly so that they can have some off-leash time. But that's not, that's not the same as putting them into a highly populated dog park where we just don't know what can happen. Um, because yeah, you might be protecting dogs from getting hurt with a basket muzzle on, but mounting and um, charging other dogs and uh, pinning them, that's still a negative experience for, for the community and for other dogs to experience. So just because the dog has a basket muzzle on, uh, that doesn't, to me, make it all okay. So finding out why is really helpful. Um, again, I, I don't think that dog parks are an environment for all dogs. Puppies are extremely vulnerable. I recommend that you wait until your dog is past adolescence um, before you take them to dog parks, especially those highly populated ones, the ones that are fenced in, um, because we know that it is a very critical development period before 14 to 16 weeks. Okay, so if anything negative happens, that can result in lifelong behavior problems for your dog. So that is not the best place to socialize your puppy. If we're talking about meeting and greeting other dogs, maybe on a, um, a trail area and those dogs are off leash, but we know that we've got time to either pick up our puppy if we need to, if it's not appropriate, um, and we can gain space quickly, then great. But to me, that's completely different than a dog park. I would never risk taking a puppy to a dog park, just hands down. Um, I recommend all my clients wait. And if you have a male dog that is uh, going to stay intact until they are older, then you do need to be aware that they are often targeted by other dogs. And so if your dog is targeted enough times, they're going to start becoming reactive themselves and quite defensive. So behaviorally, there are risks depending on the age of your dog. You want to make sure that your dog has had plenty of positive experiences. They're not a puppy any longer. They are very solid so that if they do have a negative experience, that they are going to be resilient and recover from that quickly. So I would avoid dog parks if I've got a puppy, I've got an intact male, of course, a female that's in heat, you want to avoid, avoid, avoid. Um, that can be another issue, not only dogs mounting, but being overly interested in her and then her becoming defensive because she does not want to be bothered. Frequency of going to dog parks. So 
I always recommend that we not only have off-leash time with our dogs socializing, but we also have structured on-leash time where we're working on training and just making sure that our dogs are not frustrated on leash and they don't start having barrier frustration because they spend the majority of their time off-leash. So I think it's really important to have a balance between the two. If you're noticing that your dog is having some behavior problems that have started recently and you go to the dog park every single day and that seems to be, you know, the factor is that there are issues happening there, um, you may want to then pull back on how often you're going. Maybe too much is too much. It really depends on the individual dog, but at the very least, I recommend that you do equal amounts of on-leash walks as you do off-leash access to other dogs so that your dog doesn't have a constant stream of access to dogs off-leash and then we put them on-leash and they are very frustrated because they cannot go up and say hello. Uh, a lot of preventative work can be done when you have a puppy to install the the um, the correct training so that your dog is fine knowing that, hey, there's a dog across the street, no big deal. Oh, I get off leash now, but I don't get off leash later. Great. Starting as a puppy is, is going to be much more effective than starting with an adult. So balance is key, you know. Same, same thing with humans. Is too much of a good thing? Too much? It just depends on the dog and what you've got going on with that individual dog. One thing you might want to consider bringing with you if you are going to dog parks and you have, your dog typically has a good time, but you have witnessed dog fights and now you're scared, get some pet shield. It's a citronella spray. I, I'm not promoting any particular product for any reason other than I know citronella spray um, is not going to harm the animals, but it will stop a fight um, in that moment. It's quite small. I think you can get it on Amazon, but if you need to stop a fight quickly, fingers crossed that that would do it because getting your hands in there often results in a bite. Um, so that is something to think about. You could bring that with you and then you've got your bases covered. Thanks for joining us on the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave us a review. It really helps get this information to more people. So join us again and we'll talk to you soon.